You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. What we started doing uh, just a couple of days ago in our podcast is because of our situation in the Holy Land of Israel, we have many people who have expressed a a passion, a Jewish pride. And what I've heard from many of them is that although they feel proud to be Jewish, they don't know what it is in Judaism that makes them proud. So what we're going to attempt to do over the next uh, few weeks is to list as many of the pointers that should hopefully make us proud to be Jewish. I want to, the part one was released on podcast uh, yesterday or this morning, and we talked about the uniqueness of our religion, of our people, that we don't have any intermediaries, we don't have any conduits through which we communicate with Hashem, with the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, but rather we talk to God directly. But I want to talk about another unbelievable aspect of our people and our nation. And that is, before Abraham, our patriarch, before he established monotheism, there was paganism. What does paganism mean? Paganism means is that there's no right or wrong because I decide what is right and wrong. It's up to me to decide whether or not I feel with all of my prejudice and with all of my subjectiveness, whether or not I feel this is right or wrong. There was no declared right or wrong until Abraham came along and he said there's a God and that God is the creator of heaven and earth and that God decided in his world what is right and what is wrong. And if we look at the entire Torah, we see God's guidance as to what is appropriate and what is inappropriate, what is blessed by the Almighty and what is cursed by the Almighty. And we see a pattern, a system of values that did not exist prior to Abraham. We see that that system didn't work with Cain and Abel. It didn't work with the generation of the great flood in Noah's generation. And it didn't work in the generation of the Tower of Babel, of the dispersion, till Abraham came along. And the struggle that everyone had with Abraham is that now you're taking away our good time. You're taking away our party. And for 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years, till 1948 when Abraham was born, there was no one who really spoke up and said something to the contrary of paganism. Abraham comes around and says, folks, this is not right. There can't be a creator who puts together such a perfect world, such an incredible design to everything that exists in this world, and that there isn't a method to the madness. There's got to be a system of morals, of values, of ethics, of right and wrong. As Jews, we have the greatest gift in the world, and that gift is the manual for living. We have the great fortune and the privilege to have that manual. 
Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a parable. It's my own parables. If there are any flaws in it, it's mine, my flaw. But let me share with you a scenario. A young college student gets his first car. His uncle, Uncle Joe, is so proud of him. He graduated at the top of his class. He finished high school. And he says, you know something? Before you go to college, I want to buy you a car. He buys him a nice little Corolla, a Toyota Corolla. And this is a, you know, it's a cheaper car. It It's light on fuel. And he's always filling up his tank of gas with the cheapest fuel. Now, he does well in college and he gets a job, his first job out of college. He starts making some good money. And now it's time to upgrade from his little jalopy Corolla to go to something more serious. So he goes to the BMW dealership and, you know, the BMW is the, you know, it's the ultimate driving machine. And that's the way they advertise it, the ultimate driving machine. So he goes to get the ultimate driving machine. He pulls out of the BMW dealership feeling like a million bucks. And he goes to the gas station for the first time. Now he realizes this is a premium, a luxury car. What type of gas do I put into my car? So he opens up the manual. He opens up the glove compartment, takes out the manual, and he looks at the manual and Mr. BMW tells him, you know, you should put in only premium unleaded. He says, Mr. BMW, who do you think you are to tell me what to put into my car? I worked hard to to earn this money and to buy this car. You're not going to tell me what type of fuel to put into my car. So what would Mr. BMW respond? He says, do whatever you want. Put in water for all I care. But if you want to have the ultimate driving experience, then follow these instructions. Why? Because Mr. BMW says, I built this car. I manufactured this car. I know what this car needs. If you want to experience the greatest experience of this car, what it has to offer, then follow these instructions. Now, our world is much more complicated than a car. But I've heard people say, Rabbi, why in the world should I spend $2, $3, $7 more per pound to buy a kosher steak over a non-kosher steak? Why should I spend more on kosher food than non-kosher food? And what's the answer? This is the manual. God says this is the best ingredients for your life. Not only physically, which some people think that the food that we eat is just about physical nourishment. It's not true. The food that we eat is actually spiritual nourishment. And our sages tell us that when we eat foods that are not holy foods, what we're doing essentially is we're decaying our soul. We're ruining our soul. We're breaking the channels for that soul to connect spiritually. But the biggest proof that it's not, that it's just the Yetzirah, it's just our evil inclination, that it's not really because of it costing more money, is because of Whole Foods. You see people going to Whole Foods because some doctor said that if you eat organic food, it's healthier for you. 
while the New York Times, who I don't really trust much anyway, but the New York Times did studies with over 120 different tests, and they couldn't find one single benefit to organic food. But the doctor said organic food is healthier, so everyone runs and pays $26 for a box of cereal instead of $5. And everyone's paying, uh, you know, tenfold for a grapefruit instead of buying a regular grapefruit because someone said that organic is healthier. But when the Almighty says to eat kosher is better for you, what does God know? So when we talk about Jewish pride, my dear friends, this is another very important aspect of Jewish pride, and that is we have the manual. We have the guidance of what is right and what is wrong in this world to the point where every single democracy, every single nation borrows from our Torah the rules, the morals, the ethics of how to live and have a healthy society. It's from our Torah that the majority of laws are based upon. So by being Jewish, you know what you have to be proud about? That we are the source of all goodness in this world, all the morals in this world, and the audacity that people have to put a moral equivalence between Israel fighting to defend its homeland in Gaza and some Palestinian civilians, we can call them civilians maybe, the majority of them are Hamas members in plain clothes. I saw yesterday a video of a Hamas member with ammunition, with weaponry, in plain clothes. Now, when he gets shot by an Israeli soldier, what are they going to say? A Hamas member died or a civilian died? He's wearing plain clothes. And we gobble this up from our news media like it's Bible, like the news media is going to be honest. They're not honest. They're not truthful. And I have proof to it. Just this week, there was vandalism in one of the local kosher establishments. And I went out there because my friend is the owner. And I went out there with a couple of our friends here at Torch. And we went to show our support. While we were there, three television channels asked if we would answer some questions and if we would be interviewed. And I said, happily. And, of course, they didn't say any of the essential things that I said. They cut and pasted a few things that fit their narrative. And that was it. And their narrative was that it was just, it was just a vandalism. But if it's vandalism or theft or a robbery, why wouldn't they take the money? They didn't take the money. They left the register. They left the money. Hundreds of dollar bills, they left. But still, it doesn't fit the narrative. They took the Jewish prayer books. doesn't fit the narrative. We're not going to disclose that. So I've seen it not only with this, I've seen it with many, many other stories. There's some that didn't even carry the footage. They didn't even put the footage on. But we're dealing with a world that's filled with lies. 
the only beacon of truth in our world is our Torah. Where we say God's name is truth. Hashem Elokeichem Emet. At the end of the Shema, our declaration, our mission statement that we recite three times daily. What do we say? How do we conclude? Hashem, our God, is truth. That's the essence of the Jew. So my dear friends, if you want to know what to be proud about as being Jewish, this is what we're proud about. This is what we should walk around feeling proud that we have the Torah and hopefully we learn the Torah and we connect with it and we internalize it and make it our own so that we become the essence of Torah in our lives. My dear friends, have a remarkable Shabbos and be proud of your Judaism. Don't hide it. This is a time, yes, wear your flag, wear your banner, wear your kippah, proclaim, I am a Jew and I'm not going to hide. My dear friends, Hashem should protect us all. Am Yisrael Chai. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. The Jewish Inspiration a Podcast. A Torch Become production. a supporter at torchweb.org. Become a supporter at torchweb.org. more Torah learning around to the find more lessons offered by to find more lessons offered by the Torch. Torch 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 Torch